Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 3, Chapter 55, On the Corruption of Nature and the Power of God's Grace. The Learner, You and I. O Lord, my God, you have made me in your own image and likeness. Grant me this grace, which, as you have shown, is so great a one, so necessary, if I am to be saved. The grace of overcoming my own evil propensities, which drag me into sin the loss of my soul. I am aware in my body of the authority of sin, opposing the authority of my mind, leading me away in bondage to give in to my sensual inclinations in many a way. I cannot resist its fierce promptings unless your holy grace comes to my rescue, filling my heart with its fiery glow. Yes, I need your grace, and a lot of it at that. If I am to overcome nature, always bent on evil from youth upwards, it was through Adam, the first man, that it fell and was spoiled by sin. And the penalty for that blemish upon humanity has come down upon all men. The very nature which, as made by you, was good and upright, now stands for something vicious, for the weakness of a nature given over to corruption. That is because its instincts, left to themselves, drag the man in whom it has found towards evil and base desires. What little strength has remained is like a little spark hidden among ashes. This is natural reason itself, which, though shut up by intense darkness, can still tell good from evil, still separate truth from falsehood. Yet it is powerless to carry out all it approves of, and now no longer possesses the full light of truth, nor the wholesome affections it once had. Thus it comes about, my God, that I take pleasure in your law as far as my inner self is concerned. I know that what you command will be good, just, and holy, bidding me shun any kind of evil and sin. Yet with my body I serve the powers of evil doing by listening to my sensual feelings rather than to reason. Hence, though the will to do good is within me, I cannot find the strength to obey it. Another result is that, although I am always making good resolutions, yet through lack of grace to help my weakness, I recoil in failure at the least sign of opposition. Again, I know the way of perfection and can see perfectly clearly how I ought to behave. But the weight of my own corruption lies heavy on me, and I cannot rise to heights of greater perfection. Lord, your grace is absolutely necessary for me for starting off some good act, for improving it, or making it perfect. Without it, I can do nothing. In you, And with the support of your grace, I can do anything. 
Ah, yes, grace is something from heaven. Without it, our own merits are nothing, our natural gifts of no account whatever. Skill, wealth, beauty, courage, ability, eloquence, all these have no value in your eyes, Lord, unless grace goes with them. The gifts of nature are shared by good and bad alike, whereas grace or love is given especially to God's chosen. Those who bear its mark are thought worthy of eternal life. This grace holds so high a position that not even the gift of prophecy, nor the working of miracles, nor the highest reaches of mystical vision are worth anything apart from it. Why, not even faith, hope, and the other virtues are acceptable to you without love and grace. It is indeed a blessed thing, grace. It makes the poor in spirit rich in virtues, the man of many riches humble of heart. Ah, come, come down to me and fill me with your comfort like dew at morning. If you would not have my soul faint with weariness and spiritual drought, Lord, I beg that I may find favor in your sight. Your favor, your grace, is enough for me. Even if I failed to obtain these other things that nature thirsts for, no matter how many trials and troubles afflict me, I will fear no evil, so long as your grace is with me. It is my strength, bringing me counsel and help, mightier than all my enemies, wiser than all who are wise. It is your grace that teaches us the truth, tells us what rule of life to follow, brings light to our hearts and comfort in our troubles. It drives away sadness, washes away fear, feeds our devotion, and moves us to tears of repentance. Without it, what am I but a tree without rain, a useless bit of timber fit only to be thrown out? So let your grace, Lord, go always in front of me and behind me to keep me constantly in mind of good deeds to be done. Through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. O sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. St. Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why do we need grace? If we just had good examples, if people just told us the right things to do, why is that not enough for us? Well, part of the reason is because we don't have the strength to obey what people tell us, what God tells us. We're given the Ten Commandments even by God. We know with the light of our reason, which has not totally been lost by original sin, we know at times 
what the right thing to do is. We can recognize what it is we have to do. And yet we can't seem to do it. That's because we need grace. There's something wrong with our wills. There's something wrong with our ability to choose. And what grace does is it gives us strength. That is, it heals us and it elevates us. It enables us to follow God. It enables us to do supernatural things, things that are beyond us. Not only because we're weak, not only because we have a tendency to sin, but also because the Lord is asking us to be like himself. And so we need this grace to both heal us of our sinfulness and to elevate us. Now, Thomas Akempis says that the grace is necessary, absolutely necessary for starting, for improving, for making perfect. At the beginning of every good work, we have to pray. During what we're doing, we have to pray. To complete what we're doing, we have to pray. Why? Again, the two reasons. We are weak. We're so prone to mess things up. And because the thing we're being asked to do is beyond our strength. Even if we weren't tended towards evil. This is something beyond us. And so grace has to lift us up. And that's why we pray to the Holy Spirit. When we pray to the Holy Spirit, we're praying to the giver of life. When the Holy Spirit comes into our heart, he brings grace with him. Grace is a created participation in God's life. Grace is what exists in our soul that makes it true to say the Holy Spirit is there. It's the change in us when the Holy Spirit comes. And so it's very important to connect up the grace in our soul with the Holy Spirit. To realize that there is a personal bond with the Holy Spirit that we need. And so later theologians will distinguish actual graces from sanctifying grace. The sanctifying grace is that habitual grace in our soul that makes us just and pleasing to God. It's what we receive in baptism. It's what we receive in confession if we fall out of grace. This is a sharing in the divine nature that St. Peter talks about. This is a light in the soul. This is the fruit of the Holy Spirit's presence. But then we need these movements from God. We need our wills strengthened at times. We need our minds enlightened. And that's what these actual graces are. We also call them grace. They're helps in each situation to begin, to complete, to carry out, to persevere. And grace here is being distinguished from nature. And notice how nature is not bad. It's just that our human nature is in a state now that it wasn't meant to be in. See, from the beginning, our human nature was created with grace. Our first parents were created upright. But the uprightness, the balance, the harmony in their bodies and souls 
was the effect of grace, of union with God. And when that was lost, the natural harmonies were also lost. We kind of returned, as it were, to a sort of state in which nature is bereft and it kind of disintegrates. It's not that our bodies are bad. It's not that our souls are bad. It's just there's a lack of order now in our souls. There's a lack of direction. There's a lack of harmony. And things are pulling us in different directions. And this is causing us to sin. This is causing us to do what we're not supposed to do. And gradually, by grace, you and I are being restored. You and I are being healed. You and I are being lifted up. So the practical upshot of this chapter is to pray. Pray constantly. And to thank God. Live in thanksgiving for all the things that he makes possible. For his presence. For his strength. He gives us strength even when we're not aware of it. He gives us help even when we don't ask for it. But the more we ask, the more we will receive. Seek grace and you will find it. Ask for grace and you will receive it. Knock at the door of God's throne of mercy and we will receive. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.